Hello everybody, this is Andrew Gonnison. Super grateful to have you with me on this edition of the Speaking for Him podcast. Today we will be talking about another I Am Statement of Christ where he said, I am the Good Shepherd. Uh, man, it seems like in today's uh, culture that we are lost with no direction, at least um, in the outside world. So it is good to know that we have a shepherd in Jesus, and we're going to dig into that, which I am gratefully looking forward to um, as we move forward. But before we do that, I want to get you caught up on what is going on. First of all, I want to thank you all for praying for me um, in regard to my wheelchair. Uh, There's been some difficult times lately, especially as I go into um, my second month with this chair. That's right, it's been over a month. And so it's been kind of a struggle to keep a positive attitude um, going forward on this chair issue, but I would ask that you would continue to pray, and I know that God will work out His uh, His uh, w- a perfect will uh, in His timing for my chair to be gotten back to me. The part was uh, scheduled to ship uh, this past Monday, so I'm hoping that it is well on its way to Airway Oxygen and I can get my chair back before too long. Uh, because I feel like it will improve so much of the quality of the work that I do in many areas. Because when you have to sit in a chair for 15 hours a day, such as myself, you want it to be some place that you are comfortable and a place that in some ways it is a sanctuary to you. And at this point, my loner just isn't that. But I'm thankful for the grace of God that brings me through each day. The next thing I wanted to mention in this segment is um, uh, the theater community in the greater Grand Rapids area uh, lost a great man this past week. Um, Jack Galise passed away, and um, I'm not exactly sure of his age. I think he was either 90 or close to it, and I know that he had devoted more than 50 years of his life to the theater community, and I got to know him through Master Arts. Um, Jack was a gracious man who I really enjoyed um, spending time with and performing with. He was Mr. Potter the first time we did It's a Wonderful Life, and I will always um, be grateful for his friendship. The last thing I did with him was a, a murder mystery. He had kind of pared down his acting to murder mysteries in the latter days. Uh, But Jack, I will always be grateful for you as a friend and as a colleague in theater, and I'm praying for your family and friends. Uh, We really had a profound loss with your home going. So I'm very grateful for that. And the final thing I think I want to cover in this uh, particular segment is just to talk a little bit about... um, this political climate that we continue to find ourselves in. I I know I have, I have fought so hard in the past to keep this podcast largely free of, of politics, but we're here. We are in an election year and I think it's important for us to talk about the issues of our day. And one of the things that caught my attention in this past week 
was that there is a group on Facebook called Pro-Lifers for Biden. Now, Joe Biden has made it abundantly clear that he is not pro-life. Um, as a matter of fact, he's kind of doubling down, and he said that he wanted Roe versus Wade to be taken on legislatively and become the law of the land. Now, according to a lot of people, Roe versus Wade is already the law of the land because the Supreme Court took it up in 1973 and said it is the law and it supersedes all the state laws that are in place. Um, but by doubling down, I almost feel like he's admitting that it's bad law in its present form. And I personally just don't feel like you can support Joe Biden as a pro-lifer. Now, we can we can debate different topics. We can debate whether abortion should be the number one uh, thing that you vote based on. It will always be that way for me. If that's not the case for you, I can respect that. I can respect having a difference in that way. But what I don't understand is how you can reconcile a pro-life view with a vote for uh, Joe Biden and and the whole liberal agenda. Um, because they certainly do not uh, parrot a love for life, and a good number of liberals have voted to stop uh, babies from receiving care if they survive abortion. Now, they'll couch it in many different ways to make it sound less than what it is, but I believe that every life should be valued. Human life should be defended from conception to natural death. And it's very important for me uh, to articulate that cause. And I think I have said this on occasion, but I'll say it again. I used to try to argue different um, issues related to the life issue with people, but for me it comes down to this simple thing. Do you believe that we as humans are made in the image of God? If you, as a Bible-believing Christian, believe that we are made in the image of God as believers in Jesus, as creations of the Almighty God, then you cannot be pro-abortion. Those two things just are not compatible. And as I said, you may make the decision uh, to vote for Biden or some other liberal on the basis of something other than the life issue, but I have a real problem with somebody saying that you can be a pro-lifer for Biden. Um, and I just had to get that off my chest. Again, I try so hard to not um, center in on politics on this podcast. I did a, a political podcast for a few weeks a couple years back. I got burnt out easily on it. Um, because even though I'm passionate about these issues, I realize that the Bible and and things related to the Bible are more, much more important to me, and I have a much greater passion for that than I do about political discourse. But we are in a place right now where we need to be able to articulate our values, and we need to be able to talk about issues that are important to us and are important to the culture at large. Because I don't think we often think in the terms of the big picture. So I just want to challenge you um, to realize that uh, a lot of these issues are connected. Another thing I said this morning on Facebook was this. That 
I am unapologetically pro-life. We had the vice presidential uh, debate last night, and Governor Pence made that statement. He said, I'm pro-life and I will not apologize for it. And I said, the same thing goes for me. Our country's founding was founded on these principles, um, that we have unalienable rights by our creator, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You can't have liberty and the pursuit of happiness without life. Therefore, life is a fundamental right. Therefore, to the people who say that the pro-life issue is not front and center for them, I say, how can it not be? Because it is the fundamental one of all rights. You can't give rights to a dead person. So I want to challenge you about that. Just think about that in the context of the word of God that God said in the Psalms, I knit you together in my mother's womb and I knew what I was doing when I created you. He said to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. So these are important issues that we can't just drop by the wayside. And I just wanted, I, I had that on my heart today. I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about it, but I just had to share that. And I, I know that I bring up this issue a lot, but I really feel like it's fundamental to so many other things. Um, the Bible says that God breathed into man and he became a living soul. That's what separates men from animals, that God breathed very life into mankind and he became a living soul. And then God took that man and said, there's no one compatible with him. I will make him a helper. And he put Adam to sleep and he took Adam's rib and out of Adam's rib, he formed woman. I think if we realize that even, we would have a better society. Because we don't even realize how wondrous that is. That God took a rib out of man and created a woman to help him. The world tells us, and even the church today might tell us, that that is demeaning. But in reality, it's beautiful. And I want to encourage um my married friends today and those who are seeking to be married, remember that God knew what he was doing when he created the family, when he created the order of the family unit. And I think that uh, if we get back to that, that's when we see our society have a revival because God made man and woman. He put them together in the garden and he said, you are to um, be a family. You are to be the foundational unit upon which I am building this earth. He gave them the earth to subdue it. And he said to them, be fruitful and multiply. And so if I could encourage you with that, I would just encourage you to get back to basics, to realize that God had a plan for placing you in the family that you are in and for giving you the place where he has planted you in life. And we live in a place in our culture today where our culture does not want to acknowledge God's role 
in family life. And as a result, we see violence and chaos. We have people saying, live your truth, because we don't have a definitive standard anymore. All these things are things that you and I can bring to a hurting world. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we know that way. And so as believers, it's our job to articulate that way. And that's actually why I chose to do this series on the I Am Statements of Jesus Christ. Because in order to tell people who Jesus is, we have to know who Jesus is. Um, today in our culture, it's very popular to read one line about somebody or some topic and then act like that is the main thing, and act like everything about that person or that topic has been successfully articulated because of a headline that you read somewhere. And I feel like that's often the way we, we in modern day, approach the Bible as well, which is why this series is so important. So right now, I would like to share with you our quote of the day, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. John 10, verse 11. So Jesus is saying here, I am your shepherd. You are my sheep, and I'm giving my life for you. This is something that Jesus was saying to the disciples before he went to the cross. I am the good shepherd and I'm going to give my life for you. This is, he said at least three times in his life that he was going to, going to die for us. And this is one of those times. Jesus is walking along with his disciples. He is discussing what is going to happen. And he's saying, I am your good shepherd. I will give my life for you. And what love that is. What amazing what amazingness that is. That the God of the universe says to you and I, I am your good shepherd and I will give my life for you. Most of the religions of the world say, if you can be good enough, if you can attain to a certain level of goodness, enough of a level of goodness, then you will earn heaven. Then you will be good enough for peace and rewards in eternity. And what Jesus is saying to us is, I am going to give my life for you. Essentially, because you cannot earn it. Paul said, in my flesh, there is no good thing. I cannot earn my salvation. But thanks be to God, who giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we're going to look at some different ways today that Jesus is our good shepherd. And the first thing I want to point out is, the fact that the Lord is my shepherd. When we talk about these things, 
We're not just talking about something where Jesus is the, is the shepherd of all men. We're talking about a God who wants a personal relationship with each and every one of us, who wants to be my shepherd. I, Andrew Gomison, can say that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Psalm 23, verse 1. And that is really exciting to me, to think that the God of the universe cares about me enough to say, I will be your shepherd. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that the hairs of my head, the very hairs of my head, are numbered. And the second thing is, his sheep hear his voice. He is the good shepherd, and those who are his sheep hear his voice. Also in John 10, John 10, 27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So if you are his sheep, you will hear his voice, and you will follow him. I think today, in our culture of easy believism, it's easy to say, I believe in Jesus, or I'm a Christian. But if we believe in Jesus, we will listen for his voice, and we will do what he says. You know, I see a lot of memes going around Facebook that say, if you've done such and such, go to church anyway. If you if you if you're this kind of person go to church anyway. The church is for you. And I totally agree. We're imperfect people. We go to church because we want to uh become more and more like Jesus. And yes, we don't have to clean up before we come to Jesus. Jesus will do the cleaning up. But I think it's important for us to emphasize God says, come to me as you are. Jesus says, come to me as you are. But he does not leave us there. He makes us a new person. He changes our priorities. He changes our outlook. Because if we just stayed the way we were, if our lifestyle was totally acceptable, plus Jesus, what would the point be of having Jesus? Jesus didn't die on the cross so that you and I could stay the same people that we are. If we were just going to stay the same people that we are, Jesus could have avoided a lot of pain and agony from his Father. No, he died on the cross so that you and I could be better than we are. So that we who are dead could be made alive. This is so important for us to grasp. So again, John 10.27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So if you hear Jesus' voice today, I urge you to follow him with everything you have. The next one that I want to talk about, the next point that I want to talk about, is he rejoices in us. Do you ever think about the fact that the God of the universe rejoices in you? Because he does. It says here in Luke 15, 4-7, What man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? 
and when he found it, he layeth it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and his neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than over ninety-nine just persons who need no repentance. So when we repent before God, He rejoices in us. And but if we if we don't repent before God, if we think that we are righteous on our own, then there there's no reason for Him to rejoice over us, because He knows the gospels say He knows what is in man. He doesn't need anybody to tell him what is in a man's heart because he already knows what's there. If you recall, when the Apostle Peter first meets Jesus, uh, Jesus borrows Peter's boat, he preaches, and Peter just instinctually knows that there's no way to put up a facade with Jesus. That the Jesus knows exactly who Peter is. And Peter falls on his knees before Jesus and says, Depart from me, Lord. For I am a sinful man. And what is Jesus' response? Fear not. For from now on, or today, you will catch men. And so he's shifting the paradigm on Peter. Peter is all worried because Jesus is there and he knows that he can't fake out Jesus and he's just filled with anguish. Because something tells him that Jesus isn't a normal man. And Jesus says, fear not, Peter. Don't be afraid. Things will be different from now on. Now, of course, did Peter make mistakes after this? Absolutely. And Peter is one of the most encouraging apostles to me because anyone will tell you that knows me, I have a big mouth. It's one of the reasons why I have a podcast. And I've been known to say some impetuous or inappropriate things at times um, because I I just say what I'm thinking sometimes and don't always think about the consequences of that. I hopefully am learning and growing as I get older, but it is an issue for me. But the point is that Jesus didn't look at Peter based on who he was at that time. He looked at Peter and said, I have a plan for Peter. I know he's capable of doing these things through me. Remember, he said, without me, you can do nothing. But then Paul tells us in Philippians, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We are to follow his example. 1 Peter 5, 2 and 3 says, Feed the flock of God which is among you taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being an example to the flock. 1 Peter 5, 2 and 3. Now, I, I know that this is primarily speaking of people in church leadership, people in pastoral leadership, but I also think it says something to us in general as followers of Jesus Christ. Because if we want to share with others and have them experience what we have experienced, 
through the shepherd Jesus, their example or our our example to them can make the difference. Um, I've heard it said, we may be the only example of Jesus that they ever see. Now, I know that God God's sovereign will is worked out in every situation, and I know that he can bring people into our lives to cause us to turn to him, and he can even cause people to simply pick up a Bible and reach and reach them that way. And even in some other countries, I believe he's still reaching people through dreams. I've heard some interesting stories about former Muslims who say that Jesus met them in a dream, and I have no reason to believe that that didn't actually happen. But the point being that we can be an example to others as we follow the shepherd we can lead others in following the shepherd. Remember what Paul said? He said, imitate me even as I also imitate Christ. It's very important to think about that second part of that. He didn't say imitate me, period. No one of us should say that. We don't have a good enough reputation. We're not perfect enough to say imitate me, period. But we can say, imitate me as I also imitate Christ. And we should be motivated in our Christian life to live examples such that we can, with confidence, ask people to follow us. Because, you know, the bottom line is people are following us whether we understand or see it at the time anyway. And so the question is not whether we are role models. The question is, what kind of role models are we being? And so I really want to encourage you to be that example and show them the shepherd. And the final thing that I want to mention is he will reward us. First Peter 5.4 says, And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. You know, we think a lot about the things that we strive for here on earth. It's not bad to have money. It's not bad to have stuff. I'm grateful for the technology that allows me to bring you this podcast. I thank God often that I have discovered different things through this COVID pandemic of how to make the podcast better and also just how to be able to do the work myself for it and not have to rely as much on other people. So there is, there are good uses of technology and other aspects of, of using equipment for the glory of God. But the real treasure, the real rewards that we should be striving for are the heavenly rewards. Peter talks about an inheritance that is waiting for us that will not fade away. And here in this passage, he talks about the crown of glory that fades not away that we will get from the chief shepherd when he appears. That's something that I'm looking forward to. And as someone who has been called to articulate the truth of the scripture, it excites me to know that as I put my effort into encouraging you that I can strive for the heavenly reward. 
Not to mention the fact that I want to take as many of you with me as I possibly can. You know, I've been struggling a lot in the last few weeks with this loner chair and the pain that it puts me in because it's, it's an interesting and unique position. It's not fitted for me. But I'm not fitted for this world either. I'm just someone passing through and trying to give encouragement to others as I do. And so as you think about these aspects of Jesus as our good shepherd, I pray that they will be encouraging to you. I pray that you will share this podcast with others. Um, And if I could ask you to leave a review and a rating, um, you're going to be reminded about that again at the end of the show, but that really does help uh, me to be encouraged and it helps other people to find the show as well. And as always, I'm looking for more content from the show. So if you have a story that you want to share or you think there's another topic that uh, I should be discussing, uh, please, please let me know. I would love to get a discussion going on the Facebook page for Speaking For Him at facebook.com slash speaking for him. If you want to email me directly, you can do that again That info is going to run at the end of the show, so I won't go into all of it here. I'm just going to encourage you to please make contact and let me know what's working for you about the podcast, what changes you would like to make, and I really would like to know what day you most often listen to podcasts. Um, I'm I'm thinking about changing up the release schedule of the show. It would still be weekly, um, but I'm thinking about maybe a different day, so i just like some general feedback on that. And if you have that, please contact me. Well, that's about all I have for today's show. I hope that you are rejoicing and that you are thankful for the Good Shepherd that is directing your life. And I hope that you know that it is never too late to trust the Shepherd to guide the rest of your life. You know, we all have times when we um, make the wrong decisions, but following the Good Shepherd will always be a good decision. Have a great weekend and keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking for Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review.